0: Welcome to the Doc Lounge podcast, Crazy Cases series. In this series, we will explore some of the most unusual and interesting cases medicine has ever seen. We will speak with providers of all specialties from all over the nation. We will hear firsthand accounts from symptoms to treatments to cures. So sit back, relax, and let's explore some crazy cases. All right, thank you guys for tuning in to Crazy Cases. I am your host, Summer Gilbert, and I am here with my co-host, Executive Vice President of Business Development here at Pacific Companies, Patrick Deeney. Thanks for being here, Patrick.
1: My pleasure, Summer. I'm looking forward to hearing this crazy case with Dr. Thurston today.
0: So, Dr. Thurston is American board certified in emergency medicine, and we had no idea the conversation would go the way that it did
1: truly insane and for those of you tuning in for the first time or more recent listeners uh you really want to stay tuned for this it is truly outlandish
0: so we didn't realize it would be such a crazy case that would make us laugh and uh
1: truly terrified
0: and terrified at the same time so thank you guys for tuning in and uh here's our episode with dr thurston well thank you for being here with us today dr thurston Let's just jump right into it. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us about the symptoms and how were these patients or patient presented to you?
2: Okay. I had uh, I had two old elderly uh, uh, Mexican-American uh, females who lived in uh, uh, Shafter, Texas. Uh, that's where they filmed the movie, a Strain, and it's an abandoned silver mine, uh, and it has, you know, uh, It's a ghost town with tumbleweeds and everything, and uh, they were at the Alpine Hospital about 100 miles away, uh, and and they're from my part of the county, and I was delivering a baby at Alpine uh, Hospital, at Big Bend Memorial Hospital, and one of the doctors there uh, was taking care of these patients in the ER, because in those days, we had no emergency room doctor. There was no dedicated ER doctor that stayed overnight. As a matter of fact, in my career, I've been the first overnight doctor in about three or four hospitals. Uh, the, Interesting. They were, they were thrilled that they had an actual overnight doctor. It was amazing. So uh, he said, "I believe these these girls are from your part of the county." Jack uh, wants you to take care of them, and he left. So <laughs> the room reeked of of skunk, uh, uh, spray. And uh, so I, I I said, "What happened?" They said, Skunk it." Uh, one of them, I try to keep names confidential even though it's been about 40 years, and uh, uh, I said, well, uh, and she said her finger, she showed me her finger was cut, it was she it was bit, well, how did you get the skunk off your finger and and what happened? Well, we were watching Jeopardy and Pedro came in the screen door and the skunk ran into the living room and bit her on her finger. And wow. Pedro's over over by the door, and I said, well, how did you get the skunk off her finger? And he pulls out his Colt Peacemaker <laughs> and says, and waves it in the air. He's armed in the ER. He waves it in the air and says he shot it. Well, because he shot it in the body and not the head, we have an intact brain, and I can, I can have the thing examined. But this is clearly an unprovoked attack by a, an animal that would not do it. This is obviously a rabid skunk. There's no wow. doubt about it. And the old duck embryo vaccine had, was phasing out. About one in 10,000 people who got duck embryo vaccine got, a, uh, got a poliomyelitis syndrome, got transverse myelitis. But the new Marilu, uh, human diploid cell, uh, vaccine was just out, but it was very expensive in those days. It was $500 a dose. And, uh, so I had them, uh, uh, well, you know, we couldn't get it. I had to, get, but you have time when you have a, a thing that's that far away so uh i had them come to my office and they still reeked so my wife went down to the piggly wiggly and martha and I got as much orange uh, as much uh, lemon juice and tomato juice as we could and put them in a bathtub and hose <laughs> them down to- that's a- that's a sure cure for stunks, i think i had been a trapper for years before that right so uh and uh we didn't have enough money to buy uh, the whole dose for everybody, so we did something you would never do now. I bought one dose of the Marilou, uh vaccine and I divided it into six doses and slightly diluted. This is an immunization; it's not dose related. Usually, uh, they've usually had it as if the, the standards. You know, you would not do this now, but it worked. And uh, I gave them a dose, and, and I realized that I had handled brain skunk with bare hands and I had cut my hand on a car part I was working with and I had an oh, open no. wound and I got cerebral spinal fluid from a rabid skunk in the wound. So I've got rabies too now. Oh, so oh I So I might you know I'm this is not this is a pretty personal thing now. So uh we had we gave everybody one one of the doses and then had them come back in in a couple days, I think it was four days, and did a titer. And the titer was still negative, but was, there was no rabies titer. As soon as you develop a titer, you're, immune, you're immunized. So i uh, have them come back in another week, and we're getting close to the to the, the deadline uh, for when you know, the rabies virus, the RNA virus, migrates up the nerves. And a distal injury gives you several days before it gets to your head. And So they haven't got rabies meningitis is the problem. Not, not being bit by a rabid animal. If you get the meningitis, that's the problem. And 99% of rabid animal bites will give you rabies. So I uh, did another titer, and the second dose worked on them and me. We all did titers, and the titer was only a couple of dollars to do. So for $500, we did uh, what should have been six doses at $500 a piece. Uh, and everybody got cur- I obviously I obviously survived.
1: We're not sure about Pedro.
2: (laughs) Uh, And uh, so uh, Charlie Edwards was the vet in town. And we had another patient in my office who was sick. We thought maybe he had uh, multiple sclerosis. He had a lot of neurologic problems. And, of course, it turned out to be rabies, but we didn't know it. It's, It's a real big masquerader. And he was an illegal alien who was working for a ranch, rancher. And I went to a party one night. Uh, during the while, while we were treating these skunk ladies. And the ranch was near Shafter, the, the, the skunk twins, and the ranch was near Shafter, and, uh, the, the county, vet, I'm the county health officer in the coroner and, and, and everything. And Charlie Edwards is the county health officer. And we had had a, a number of other rabies cases. So, uh, he said, you know, that, uh, uh, cow you had, a, a, a was sick, was drooling, has rabies. So he had a Hereford cow that was uh, that had rabies, and one of the patients that we were taking care of was the guy who looked like he might have uh, multiple sclerosis, and he had been force-feeding pills, shoving it down the mouth of this rabid cow. Oh, jeez. I thought, oh, my gosh, he's got rabies. Well, his family lived in Chihuahua, Texas, and that was the nearest town to us. 200 miles south. It was about 190 miles south. And so I got a hold of his family. And I mean, I couldn't speak any Spanish for the darn time. And no one in Chihuahua City at that time spoke any English. I've been there many times. And you can't find one in a thousand people that speak English at that time in, in the mountains in, West, in, in northern Mexico. So I called the hospital and asked if he was there. And I called his family. And they said he's in the hospital. I called the hospital. I finally got an interpreter. I talked to the doctor, and I said, this man has rabies, uh, and he's probably going to die, and he's dangerous, and he's infectious. Be careful. So they agreed, and they sedated him and took good care of him until he finally did succumb from rabies. I reported this to the state of Texas as a rabies death, and they said since he died in Mexico, they didn't want the statistics. I said that he got bit in Texas. Yeah, we argued back and forth about that for a long time and they wouldn't take the statistics. So you gotta watch out about statistics. Mark Twain says there's three kinds of liars. Lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> oh so so in the meantime, um we discovered that the that the skunk had bitten some cats in chapter. And that's a real like serious that. problem with rabies because cats bite one another for social reasons. And so rabies had spread to about maybe thirty or forty cats in Shafter. So Rick Thompson, the sheriff of Presidio County, and Charlie Edwards. Rick, Rick was wearing a kind of a duster, and a, he was a he, he was a six foot five, all muscle, uh, leather vest with a star on it, spurs, cowboy boots. He had spurs that would fold up so he could get in a cruiser with him. <laughs> and he uh, he and. Charlie Edwards and I—I I had my long white lab coat on. Charlie had his blue veterinary coat on, long coat, and it looked like—and and—and I think we all had cowboy hats on. And I had a broom and a bucket, and uh, Charlie had a shotgun, and Rick had his Colt Peacemakers, two of them, pearl handled on either hip. And we went out looking for cats, and oh. uh, and and we had to catch a few of them alive to to, to verify it. So uh, yeah. catching a live rabbit, cat is. is we had gloves and things on. We nobody got bit, but I would trap them in the bucket, and then uh, Charlie would take the broom over the end of the bucket, and then we put it in a cage. And, and it was like, you know, while Marlon films the scene, Jim wrestles the alligator. It was like that. Right, right. That we we ended up doing that. Well, there was also a legal case where they had a judge, and a uh, a court reporter, and two two attorneys for the railroad, and a person that I had. Uh, who was a hepatitis uh, uh, a C victim, and hit the family of a, a railroad employee who had died of hepatitis was suing the railroad and said that he got sick from this person. And they were there taking a the deposition, and they came out in a couple of Lear jets and you go, rented a limo, and they were—it was like Beverly Hillbillies uh, or Green Acres. It was—it was hilarious, and and they wanted to go to the restaurant that was run by the railroad out by uh, Valentine and out in Shafter that way. Uh, where all the rabbit stuff was, and, we, and, and Rick Thompson had called me and Charlie had called and said they had a rabid dog there that, that, that Rick was going to come to take care of, which means he was going to drive out to the farm and shoot the dog. Right. So uh, I said, uh, why don't we go see the restaurant where your victim supposedly got his hepatitis, from my patient with hepatitis, it was then called non A, non B, uh, but C, uh, and see if, uh, if, if, if you can see the environment. So we all headed out in the, with the limo, and I knew we were going to be coming into town about the same time as the sheriff. And I saw his car come in. It wasn't Mark; he didn't have it. was just an old Chevy. And uh, so uh, I, I said, "Just a minute, I, I have to take care of this. I'm a county health officer." And, and so I made sure they were in pretty good view of everything. And I got out and I said, um, uh, "The sheriff said, is this the one?'" I said, "Yep." And Charlie told me about him. He said, "Okay." And he pulls up. A pistol and shoots the dog in the, in in the heart, so we can take the head. Like my job was to get the head. Well, they were they were horrified. It was it was like a pandemon- it was like a horror movie for them. And I, 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 I pretended to apologize and so said Knew you were probably going to see this, but I didn't realize it would be this kind of reaction. And then we ate at the restaurant, and I made sure that our waiter was the person who was supposed to have given everybody hepatitis. So then, when we got back to Martha and finished the deposition, I told the lawyer for the defense, for the defense of the railroad, they weren't going to ask me who we who was our waiter. Oh no. Yeah. So that sort of ended that. It was a it was a bogus case, and 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 I didn't orchestrate it; It just worked out that way all the way around. Uh, but there were a lot of Wild West kind of Matt Dillon moments and Sethus Hagen moments and Chester moments uh, like that. Uh, well, and then I ended we got our pictures taken on the cat roundup, and it went into the San Angelo Standard Times and the El Paso newspaper, and there was, there was, uh, what was, yeah, and there, uh, and, there and there were, uh, uh, all three of us are dressed up like old west cowboys in dusters, all their, their their lab coats and, and a, and a raincoat, but, and cowboy hats with guns and cats. And we had, uh, and, and I think Rick was holding up one of the cats.
1: Brings new meaning to herding cats, right?
2: Yeah, yes, it does. Because uh, you can't herd cats, and when, and we got every single one of them, and it's hard to do. We had to go back three or four times, and we cleaned out all the rabid cats in Chapter. Uh, and then the they moved back into their house in Chapter, and they continued to live the rest of their lives rather normally. And uh, they wanted me to visit one of their rather. Uh, wealthy uh, relatives in Martha one day for a house call. And when I got to the door, there's a hacienda, there's, a, there's a several layers to the house it went back into the back. Uh, I, I was dressed up, I had I had a good nice white lab coat on, I had my little black bag. Uh, I had, uh, I don't think I had a hat on. Uh, I had good clothes, and I knocked on the door, and when the maid opened the door for me to go in, a dust devil, and, and about five large tumbleweed and I were blown into the inner courtyard in a complete pile of dust. That was one week? That all happened in one week.
1: I've honestly, uh, I haven't been in, I'm not in the practice of medicine doctor, but uh, been in healthcare and staffing now for 11 years. And I've met several physicians of all modalities, spoken with countless executives from, you know, the health system side or group side. And I have never once heard anything remotely close to this story that is incredible all the way through the lawsuit and and the hurting i mean i i 'm at a loss for words. They make a video or they make a movie out of this.
2: Well, my brother's a film writer in Ohio, California. He used to write for Murder stroke. Incidentally, some of those plots may be mine uh, oh. He used to write for Angela Lansbury, and, and we've talked about doing a, 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 a movie called The Marfa Lights. It's, for, it's famous for the lights that fly in the night, and I've, I've chased them in my airplane multiple times. And but they, they, you never catch them, but they're there. Oh yeah, I don't know what they are, but anyway, it was, it was a wonderful place. It was great people, uh, salt of the earth. Uh, nobody there I didn't like. Uh, even even some of the villains were were just wonderful. Um, the only other kind of strange thing like this, if we have a minute is, uh, I had two guys, uh, Poochie Quig and Truck Lust. Those are their real names. Uh, they're both birth names, both about six foot seven, six foot eight cowboys. And they came in one Saturday afternoon about, I'd been there about a week. And my wife and I were in the office and we were just sort of sorting through, uh, her uncle had been the office doctor before that for about 50 years. And we were going through uh, Doctor uh, Stover's stuff, and these two guys come into the office about four, uh, him and the team. That's what they would say. Come in, came into the office about oh maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and said, "Hey, Doc, you got to fix you got to fix his hand." So what happened? And I looked at his hand, and he had four parallel lacerations that went from about the the, 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 the proximal wrist all the way to the tips of each finger. And they were clearly uh, claw laceration, and I said, and, and they're down into the tendon sheets and into the muscles, and, they, and no, no it's all palmar, so there's no neurovascular bra, uh, uh, violation. But right all through all the, the it didn't, didn't violate the arches in the palm, and I, I, they, they said, "What happened?" He said I was, he was swatting out a kitty. What kind of kitty? Well, the dogs treat a mountain lion, and the mountain lion was swatting at the dogs, and he swatted back at the mountain lion. Oh! And I said, "You need to go see a hand surgeon in El Paso right now." And one of them picked his his, his colt Peacemaker. Everybody had a Peacemaker, and slammed it down on the on the, on the on the on the and they're both really drunk. Slammed it down on the on the on the table and said, "Sew him up, doc." Oh, jeez. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and so I I sewed him up. I I I I left it kind of open. I put drains in. I sewed tenderness up underneath. I put him in outriggers. I I did the with the K wires and stuff in the fingers and made rubber bands. I I worked with with Ron Nail, who was a hand surgeon at Riverside as an orderly, and learned how to do that. And did it anyway, and he healed up just fine. And he gave us the mountain lion hide as payment, and then it burned oh. up in a fire somewhere.
1: Oh, that's too bad. Uh,
2: but uh, no, that. that, that uh, yeah, you, and I used suture in the office. It was in it was in antiseptic solution on a spool, and you had to thread the needle. I mean, this this is like Doc Adams on Gunsmoke. This, this is like <laughs> Marcus Welby. So I mean we had we had a lot of those kind of adventures, uh and and, and a lot of trauma that we did good work with.
1: Yeah, clearly. It's uh <clears throat> kind of redefining frontier medicine.
2: Right. And so when I do missionary medicine and stuff, it's it's kind of fun. We had a we had a person in Haiti one time who had been brained by a forty pound block by someone who owed him I think a quarter or something. Or he owed them a quarter. And they brought him in a canoe with an open brain wound in his right frontal uh Uh, south, it's two days old, uh, and it's draining cerebral spinal fluid, and I have no surgical tools anywhere. We're, we're, we're doing, you know, colds and flus and, and and malaria and stuff like that. We weren't set up for surgery. And we, we are two days from the nearest anything, uh, by mule or, 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 or by, uh, canoe. And, uh, I had some Fortaz in my pocket, in my lab foot pocket from the ER at Norfolk General when I had left to get on the airplane. I walked out of the ER and got on the airplane. I had some Fortaz. We had some sterile water. Uh, I We found some suture uh, kit set. We boiled that. Uh, we uh, uh, got some uh, suture and, and closed the meninges and then closed the, the – uh, uh, I had Vipro. I put that in the meninges. I had that in my pocket. And then we closed, uh, the, the skin with Coates and Clark cotton tread. That's all we had. Oh. And Then we irrigated it with the Cortez and he survived and lived another two years after that. He didn't get meningitis. He didn't die. I was surprised. We prayed over him, of course. And it was a miracle. And as a matter of fact, the next morning in the worship service, he, he was laying in the church where he was and they brought in uh, this big Bass drum and put it next to him. We're playing, pounding on the bass drum during the worship service. I have, I have video of this. I have pictures of this. Actually, if you go to, if you go to wonders dot com, is, is it? Yeah, scienceandwonders.com dot com, and look for the video on Haiti. You can see some of these things. Wow. Now, you think? I think you'll see him right by the bass drum there. And I've got a little little kid that had a hemoglobin, of 2.5, that with just beanie weanies and stuff, we raised it up to about 6.
0: Wow.
1: This is why it's so important to have access to care, but that's probably a topic for another another time, right, Dr. Thurston?
2: Oh, yeah. I have lots of access to care stories with airplanes, and uh, I learned that I learned why you don't take uh, tubes of blood that you've drawn from somebody and go up to altitude in your airplane with it because it's going to end up coating the inside of your medical bag.
1: Not the rabies uh, uh, vials, hopefully, but... No,
2: no
0: no no well thank you so much i wish we had more time but uh we're gonna um have to have you back on for round two for for more stories well have a wonderful rest of your day and tell your wife hi from us we could hear her in the background it was great to get to know you
1: yep thanks dr thurston you take care and stay safe out there
2: okay bye-bye all
0: right bye Thank you to all our listeners. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. If you'd like to be a guest or for more information, go to www.pacificcompanies.com.